Welcome back to the Hurricane Edition of Battle of the Sexes podcast. I'm your host, Mahomes Boys, and we have our co-host, Bortal Combat and Southern Sassafras. Hey, y'all. Woo. Excited to be back for another weekly recap. And dun, dun, dun. Uh, we have a special guest. <laughs> we have Dak to the Future joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So we brought... Uh, we we're st- we wanted to bring guests on, so if you guys are interested, just go ahead and uh, you know send a message out or something like that. We would love to have everybody on. It's fun. Yeah, let us know. You might be a lucky fan to come come talk with us every week. All right, Dak. So we're talking before the uh, podcast came on about how this season it's a little rougher on on the waivers, and I know that last year you were on the in the playoffs in the sixth position. You you squeaked in there and then rode it all the way to the championship. So so what's what's the secret? I don't know. I don't know if there is a secret, but the thing I wanted to talk about is the uh, using the waiver wire and using it effectively. This year we've seen a lot of changes. There's been major quarterbacks rotations throughout the league russell wilson now plays in denver you know carson wentz rotated to washington we've seen them all over the place where quarterbacks have been rotating joe flacco was playing this week for example with those rotations and those changes people are going to experience problems with uh, getting points because some players won't be as effective as they could have been if Russell Wilson has stayed in Seattle, for example, again, the point of that is to say it's more important than ever to pay attention to the waiver wire every week, to making sure that you're staying on top of who's hurt or who's not, and making sure that when the opportunity happens where someone does get hurt, unfortunately, or someone else comes along that's a rising star, you are able to pick up that person off the waiver wire instead of relying on your the draft that you did well in. I definitely agree. I mean, we've seen lots of players getting hurt, and then there's other players that have stepped up on the team to like take those starting starting roles as well as well as a lot of rookies that are coming on. Some of them came on slower, some of them came on super hot, weren't even drafted. So I mean, there's a lot of draft capital out there that probably got missed in the draft because we just didn't have them in the rankings, and now they're starting to perform. Yeah, there's definitely every year is going to be. There's always those that fall through the crack. There's all kinds of running backs that that will slowly work their way up the lines every year because of those things. Yeah, and and once you mentioned about the quarterbacks and all those changes, I mean, then it just takes time for them to sort of get used to that team, get used to that coaching staff, get used to that wide receiver or running back that they have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like a prime example would be Aaron Rodgers, who didn't move teams, and Russell Wilson, who did move teams. And if you watch the week after week games, uh, the you can see that they're each are having the same problem in a unique way where Russell Wilson is having a whole new team and new players. And he's having to adjust to that dealing with how one person turns versus another person turns on a specific type of play. And then you've got Aaron Rodgers, who has a whole new slew of people who had to come in because of other trades like Devontae Adams there, where he now has to adapt again. There's six to seven teams right now across the NFL who are just having to learn a whole new system. They could be new coaches as well with different playbooks. I also think a lot of teams are using a lot more committee in the backfield. So you don't have a, you don't have a lot of backs that are that Derek Henry back. That's he's getting 90% of the carries. Like, and one thing that I look at is, I look at touches. I look at like how many opportunities is that person getting? Cause yes, maybe they haven't broke off a huge play, but are they getting 30, 20 carries a game? You know, if they are, that's who I want on my team because the opportunity is there. And just to take this idea even further, I mean, you think about the quarterbacks. Well, think about how that affects all of the other players on the team. 
you know, how much is this quarterback going to be throwing? Is this going to affect your wide receivers that are on those teams? You know, is this going to mean they're going to run the ball more, run the ball less? Like all of that stuff, it changes so much. So yeah. you're going to see a ton of variance in some players that you, you know, you thought you had them figured out. So you definitely have to stay vigilant, paying attention to what's happening, what's going on, and make sure you're maximizing the players that you have on your team and hitting the waiver wires when you need to. Yeah, that, that's a great thing to bring in to tell people to continue to grind that waiver wiring and, and also trades jump in there, put a trade out there that you think might be good for yourself, but it needs to be beneficial to the other team as well. That's one thing about trades too. Everybody is always hesitant early on to do trades because you're always trying to win the trade or something like that, but there are mutually beneficial trades out there. You know, there are people who are winning games who could benefit from sitting on someone a lot longer versus someone who's losing games who might, it's like, I'm okay with trading someone who I know could get points later, but I need points now type of situation. There's always really good trades out there. So definitely don't don't be afraid to look into it and, and try to get what, what you need out of it while also providing a need for someone else. That's how you get those trades accepted. Darren brought up a good point with those uh, running backs being affected and everybody else being affected as well. Ezekiel Elliott is a prime example of that. Now that Doc got hurt, now he didn't get traded, but he did get hurt. So he, there's still a quarterback change and he's not doing, he think he's running back 16 on the year right now. Yeah, luckily last week he actually did start picking it up a little bit. So maybe I can put him back in the starting lineup. I'm just going to jump into the commissioner tip of the week since we kind of, kind of hit on it with the trade offers and we we're talking about it. Basically, it's like how to put place a trade that is actually accepted by the other team. Because a lot of times we value our players higher than other people may value our players. So I think that's something you have to consider. You want to make that offer beneficial for both parties. But at the same time, maybe you make it a little sweeter for the person you're trading to kind of get them to be more comfortable with the trade. And that might be where you put in two players or you put in maybe a little higher player, wide receiver, because you need a certain running back. So look at the need in their team as well. For instance, if I have a team that I see they need a running back, but I need a quarterback, maybe I trade them my quarterback and a running back to sweeten that deal a little bit more. So they now they have a backup QB, but they also have that, that running back depth. And then I was also going to mention there is a website that I use. I'm going to give you guys some inside information here. Southern Sassafras didn't want me to I'm give it out. I'm shaking my but, head. This but, was my top secret, y'all. <laughs> but I'm going to give it out because I like my league and I want you guys to be successful. So there's a there's a website. It's called rototrade.com, and it's a fantasy football analyzer. And you can actually put in your players that you're trading from your team to their team, and it'll kind of tell you, hey, this is a good trade for you. No, it's not a good trade for you. I use that, but I also think, look at your situation. If you're desperate for a running back, you may have to trade away a really, really good wide receiver to get a running back to fill your spot. It ultimately comes down to winning. If you have to get rid of a high-end wide receiver, but you have depth there, I say go for it. Any thoughts how you would approach trades? Well, I will say half my team's on the trade block, so um, <laughs> I'm, open, ship. I'm open to trades. <laughs> but yeah, I do agree that I think trading is hard for me, though, because some players I don't want to lose, you know, you're like, oh, they're so good. And I know they're going to give me like consistent points. So that's sort of hard for me. But at the same time, realizing I like what you said about you value your players more than maybe someone else. So trying to sweeten the deal with them or just kind of using that tool that you mentioned, that'll kind of give you insight into is it a pretty even deal is one person getting it more than others you know getting maybe the better deal but it was mentioned earlier you know just depending on like what they need what the need is for them and just kind of balancing it out you know it's where both people kind of come away with something beneficial for them all right every week we talk to the co-hosts and ask 
you know, how do you feel about your team? Dr. The Future, you're the guest. Why don't you start us out? Okay, thanks. I, I appreciate that. This week, I did not win. I uh, lost to Eric, our original RBD, uh, 146 to 117. The matchup, I thought I had a lot of different issues this week. Joe Flacco, for some reason, I decided to start the Jets quarterback. I mean, I'm here to say it's not the best idea I had. Overall, uh, Cortland Sutton did well, Curtis Samuel, both those guys. I think that was a great pickup for me. I did spend quite a bit of fab on them uh, to pick them up. Joe Mixon did uh, did okay, but he got hurt. And then David Montgomery got hurt as well. And Dawson Knox is now reporting itself hurt. Uh, CD Lab did good, 22 points. That was one of the shining stars for my team. That is good, especially considering Dak, you know, injury and everything. Yeah, he really had a like a uh, a game where he kind of came back from the last couple of weeks. He's definitely been down in points. If you look at Cooper Rush's points, he hasn't been doing bad. Like he, he's been doing what he needs to do for the team. They're winning games, so he might be a good streaming option for somebody that needs a quarterback, like that one that maybe has Flacco and Wilson on their roster. <laughs> I would say Roquan Smith came through huge for you though. He had a heck of a game versus Houston. He was really shutting them down. I have him in a dynasty league, and I've had him on my team for years now, and he's performed every single year. All right, moving on. Southern Sassafras, how do you feel about your team? Uh, well, let me. when I was doing my research for the podcast, I discovered I am the only person who does not have a win yet. So that was a little disheartening. Um, and I'm number 12. On one end, okay, I'm not starting out strong. However, I can only go up. So that's sort of my perspective. And, you know, I'm trying to pick up people on the waiver wire instead of just sitting and forgetting them like I'm so accustomed to with good people I normally draft. I mean, there has been a lot of changes, so I'm just not able to do that. So I'm just trying to be really mindful of matchups and just take a different perspective of looking at, even though they're not rated the highest as far as points, just really thinking about who they're playing and using that to determine if I'm going to bench them or put them in my starting lineup. Yeah, you definitely had a, had a rough week. I think you have some bright spots in your on your team. I mean, I think Ramadre will probably start getting more carries. They had one of their backs go down. Madison, same thing, with Cook being kind of day-to-day. There's a chance for him to be good. And they do like to do the committee running back backfield in Minnesota. So, Mortal Combat, how do you feel about your team since you won last week? Yeah, uh... <laughs> again to to talk to southern sassafras you know this is a hard matchup next week too against Minshew minions but um i feel great i'm two and one my wins are against you know you and southern sassafras so that's great and i don't know if we told back to the future before he came here but coming onto the show and talking to me the week before we play is bad luck apparently and you're here and we're playing <laughs> next week so i'm hoping oh no that, Billy, that or Dak, try to break this streak uh, that, 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 that continues if we could just keep bringing my <laughs> opponents on right before i play them maybe right. that will continue to, to, to be my I think luck you guys are trying to sabotage me i mean <laughs> i don't know what's happening here I didn't even realize that to you, so that's great. And if, yeah, if you're listening and you want to be a guest, maybe don't come on the week <laughs> before you week. play Mortal Kombat. Somehow, currently, we rank number four. But I am feeling good about the fact that I put up the most points that I have all year this past week. That is a a good thing going forward. So I am happy that I put up pretty good points this week where I would have beat nine out of the 12 people this week. 
I always compare my points to everybody else to kind of see where I would have landed to see how well my team is performing. I was pretty happy about that. But uh, like Back to the Future said before, I mean, it's one of these things where you got to stay vigilant. So you can't just accept this win and say, oh, it is smooth sailing from here. I'm still paying attention, still looking at the waiver, still trying to make my team better every single week. Agreed. I do that every time I hit the waiver wire. I feel decent about my team. Carson Wentz had a down week last week, but he's been performing so well. I'm not going to step away from him. I'm going to stick with him. Hopefully that was just a one-off and he comes back. Debo and Terry McLaurin have both been solid for me. Christian McCaffrey, I think Jeff Wilson was a great pickup as he seems to be getting the most of the workload. Devonta Smith's coming around. Zeke's back in my starting lineup this week. So, I mean, unless I tried to pivot from him at the end. Fryermuth's been amazing for being a in the tight end position because there's not been a lot of tight ends that have been outstanding necessarily unless you have Mark Andrews or Kelsey, but we knew that they were going to be those high-end tight ends as they always are. Other than that, my bench is enough that I could fill in if I needed, if I got some injuries uh, and I would feel okay with it. I don't really have anybody on my team that I'm like, I need to get rid of this person and get somebody else. Picked up Romeo Dobbs on the waiver wire. So talking about waiver pickups, he was the most fought after on the waiver wire. There's four, four total bids put in for him i think dak you had a bid on him didn't dak you and threw in two dollars i did two whole two, dollars two. Well, i'm definitely not afraid of losing all my fab money at the beginning of the season <laughs> apparently so right <laughs> yes you and dak to your future are the only ones that are lower than 80 right now hey you got to spend money to make money looking at a trade there was a trade yesterday day before so sassafras traded kyle pitts to mention menus for waller and prescott good riddance Pick, i think it's a good uh swap for both teams honestly that's one of those things where mention menus Offered the a little bit sweeter deal by throwing in a quarterback to, to get the the tight end that he wanted. I talked to one to a hill, and he said that he also got a trade offer from Mitchie Minnie's with Prescott involved, and he was going to accept it, but Southern Jasper accepted first. So uh-huh. that should make sure you Thank guys are goodness. if you if you have if you have doubts on a trade or if you or you think you're going to take a trade, take it early. Teams are probably making trades with multiple people. Mitchie yeah, Minnie has has 22 moves right now, as in ads and drops. In, that's incredible already. I mean, you talk about paying attention. He's on it. He's paying attention. He's pushing hard. He does not want to wear a shirt that says, my wife is better than me at fantasy football. (laughs) (laughs) He is battling that out. Let's jump into Sassafras' Cajun Creel. So who's the the spiciest player of the week this week? Okay, the spiciest player of the week is on your team, my homeboys. Yes. Devonta Smith for the Eagles, 32.9. He had, he caught eight of his 12 targets. And he had 169 yards and one touchdown. And, of course, they beat the Commanders uh, for the for the last week. So he's my spiciest player. Unfortunately, back to the future, you have my blandest player on your team, Joe Flacco for the Jets, because he gave you negative point six zero. He had three fumbles, two interceptions, and no touchdowns. But surprisingly, even though he could have contributed to you, given original RBD a run for his money, if he would have gave you at least one point, you know, right? So. Like just one, one little point, <laughs> just one. Can point. I be on the positive side? Like, come on. <laughs> well, on the positive note, Flacco is probably starting for them again this week, so you have an option to start him if you want to. There you go. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna roll those dice again, but I, I would just, you know, every now and then you get a little wild hair, and you got to make a choice, you know. I do say you're sitting on three quarterbacks, so you, you're kind of <laughs> you have options. You have options. That's good. I do. I do. Playing juggle over here. I almost thought my homeboys was going to have both the spiciest and the blandest because of Wentz, but yeah, you're right, Flacco. <laughs> did a little worse, but Wentz did not even get Thank you, Flacco. 
I'm not. A, uh, I'm only on the good side. Thank you for the Cajun Creole. So let's jump into the matchups. Let's get some highlights on the, some of the games last week, starting with my victory, my single victory, <laughs> where I beat Swood Chubbs by a whole three points. Came down to Sunday night football, um, where I pulled ahead finally. It beat him. I was very excited about that, even though Carson Wentz tried desperately to tank me. Yeah, so one thing that I noted was that it was an impressive impressive victory given your quarterback contributed less than one point, but your spiciest player of the week put the team on its back and rode to victory. Yeah, I'm also throwing in that this is this is Portal Combat Finchiest player of the week because on Devin, whose I mean, team? It's on Devin's team. I mean okay. the, the this was a harder week to choose from because they we had three teams, so half the matches were within ten points. That's wow. the closest week we've had so far this year. Just throwing those stats out there. But this was very close. Only a few points. I don't know if everybody knows, but if you look at the match online, if you click on the match, it breaks down every player and the verses and how many points they put up. But then it has this button that says, you know, show bench players, high bench players. So you click on that to show the bench players and you can see how many points they had on their bench of those close matches of half the matches that were within 10 points this was the biggest spread and not only was it one of the biggest spreads but it favored Devin by 26 points on his bench versus my homeboys you had 40 Devin had 66 on his bench there's a couple different ways he could have won this game he only needed a few more points to win it with how your quarterback played and how you had the spiciest player that's kind of foreseeable you would have figured those things would have evened out at the end of the game like you look at their projected points that is about how much they scored when you put them together if he would have started one of any of these other players to actually put up points on his bench he could have won the game he definitely had that going i think herbert still hurt definitely showed in that game and jacksonville's playing on fire right now i'll also throw out Justin Jefferson getting less than five points. When does that ever happen? Three receptions. Russell Gage came through for him. Like I, I expected him to come through because he was the number one target for Tom Brady. Um, I think Mike Evans is going to be back this week, so may pivot back off of that pro player. Overall, I'm happy. I got a win. Yeah. It was hard fought. I didn't think I was going to get it, but I, I'll take it. 11th place. Let's go. I mean, I don't appreciate you pushing me down as well. <laughs> Well, boys, but I am happy that you have a victory. Let's move to Bortle Combat versus Southern Sassafras. I mean, Henderson gave me 1.7 points as a running back. Stafford is just, I don't know, he's very inconsistent, you know. He always projects 20 points and gives me, you know, I, I don't know what he's averaging, maybe 10 a game. So that's really sort of dragging me down. Brandon Cooks didn't do very well with 4.2 points. Bortle had four players with 20 plus points. Yeah, like I said, this was my best week. You know, I think I had two players at the end of it. Uh, I think you had ever played all yours, and I was telling my homeboys, I only need 60-something points to, to get the victory. He's like, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. You only have two players, so. And it didn't, of course, but. Trust me, I feel your pain. I actually have, like, three of these players starting in my other league, and I'm doing terrible there, so. We definitely got to make some changes on that. This was good. This was the most comfortable win I've had so far. Yeah, it's nice not to have the sweat, right? Right. <laughs> They're like, oh, I got this 99% chance to win. All right. I can just relax. And then I'm like, I have a 1% chance. <laughs> I'm always all hopeful and optimistic, <laughs> you know, until the end. Yeah, who does until like to give you that 1%? Like, that 1%, yeah. 
I'm not gonna win. Like, come There's on. a little hope. Stop giving me hope. Just say a hundred. Right, right, right. I love it's when you get the one percent, and they actually have to go negative for you to win. It's like, come on, really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. A, it's not usually even a defense. It's usually a player. I'm like, what's the chances of a player going more than like a couple points negative? Not, not, not a lot. I hope right, Stafford returns to normal sassafras for you someday. Yes, He's been very hot Jack. and cold. I think he was up, what, last week? Yeah, up last week. The three games, he was terrible, really good, and then this was very average. All right, let's move on to Dak to the Future and the original RBD. So you would kick us off, Dak? I lost this week. It's original RBD, uh, 146.12 to 117.50. Not really happy with Flacco. Starting off the board with negative 0.6 is uh, Sassafras was kind enough to point out earlier than our examples. Um, Sorry about that, man. Yeah, you know, it still hurts a little. still hurts. Overall, I think uh, original RBD's team did real good. Kelsey came back to form, you know, with 19 points. Eckler was still low for him. You'd like to see a higher, because his project is 20, he only scored 13. Overall, my team, you know, David Montgomery got hurt. He's questionable. They're week to week on him, I think, at this point. So he only got me one point. Joe Mixon didn't show up. He got hurt. Some kind of ankle injury should be good to go this week. But he only got me 6.8. So, I mean, that's less than 10 points between two running backs. So that really didn't help my The player was really strong. So that kind of helped you. Also think Montgomery getting hurt. Like, I mean, it would have been a much closer matchup had he stayed healthy. Yeah, Yeah, right at the beginning of the game. Yeah, because between him and Joe, you basically had two players out. So Damian Pierce looks like, I mean, he's doing really well. I know he's kind of like been hit and miss, but a lot of people are kind of have eyes on him as as Houston's running back and expect a lot of great things as a rookie. And he did pretty well this week. We'll keep an eye on that, see if he continues to perform. You know, I, I agree. I mean, Rex Burkhead was supposed to be the guy. Marlon Mack was supposed to be the guy in Houston. And I think they've just gone through those people and tried them. You know, Marlon Mack's been released and re-signed. And I think they what came with Pearson, he just had the abilities. At least at this point, he looks real. They stopped wanting the retirement home running backs. Yeah, the only thing I'll say about the original RVD, I like this team a lot. It's very balanced. Yep. You know, he got a pretty solid win here. And sure, he had a couple of guys put up a few more points than expected. But it's really every single spot pretty solid. All right, moving on to the next matchup. We have Bald Eagle versus Minshew Minions. Look at Minshew taking the second loss very early in the year. All those moves haven't helped so far. Not yet, but he did put up 100 and almost 164 points, which is pretty respectable. Bald Eagle just went off. Of course, as we know, he has Lamar Jackson throwing up 43 this week, you know, over 50 last week. Also, the crazy thing about Bald Eagle, I'll say, he scored 100 and almost 189 points this week. I'm pretty sure he had the most points on his bench as well with almost 88. That's scary. <laughs> that, that is scary. That's pretty crazy. I mean, there's some wide receivers that he could have switched out where he would have been pushing 200. He definitely would have been over if he would have moved Lockett and Njoku. And, I mean, you mentioned Lamar Jackson. He just became the first player in the NFL history with three passing touchdowns and 100 rushing yards in consecutive games because he had three passing touchdowns and 119 rushing yards versus the Dolphins in week two. Bald Eagle might be on his way up. 
maybe Matthews is on his way down. I wouldn't say he's on his way down. He, uh, like I said, 164 points is a great amount of points to put up. I certainly wouldn't sleep on him. I certainly wouldn't want to play against him. He does have pretty decent amount of points on his bench as well. Six, almost, almost 60. He's he's doing good, but this impressive, impressive win by Paul Eagle, I would say this week. Trevor Lawrence coming around. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Jags are doing well. St. Brown has been on fire since last season. And then you have Cordell Patterson coming back around. I just had yeah, to talk what, smack on him last what, week, and he That's what like I'm it. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he did not like it. And Tyler Boyd, I think, is a kind of an anomaly to put up as many points as he did, but it could, it could be an option if he needs a flex position. I don't really think he needs it at this point, though. And then Bald Eagle just riding that Philly train. Going with his heart and winning, winning games. There you I'm go. Happy for him. First win. Hopefully, Minshew's minions defeat streak continues because I'm his opponent this coming week. So hopefully, I finally get my victory and he can stay on his train of losing. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> oh <my God>. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. He definitely uh, sent me a message that said that he was rooting for me to win this week because I am playing. I pity the fool. Speaking of, I'm I pity the for fool. You too. Let's uh let's move into that game. Let's look at I pity a fool versus one to a hill last week. Very close game. One to a hill, so close. You could have you could have made this happen. Disappointing performances, honestly, on both sides of the ball. Uh, one two hill, it came in strong his first two games. I didn't I didn't go back and look at the scores, but I'm this has to be the lowest amount that he's thrown up. Has to be disappointing, especially when you lose only by a few points. Agreed. I see that. Um, I pity the fool put Hardman in, who had a couple plays where he had drops that could have turned those points around, and then Zay Jones sitting on the bench. I think. Uh, I have a feeling she'll probably swap that this week. Christian Olave looks phenomenal. However, I believe Jameis Winston was not practicing today. Say so. One two hill. You know, only lost by a few points. Kyler Murray, less than 12, and he put up over 20 his first two weeks. Yep. Kind of out of nowhere with the, with that performance there. Yeah, he was struggling in that game. The Rams have such a great defense as well, you know. Definitely. I, I just point. think he, he thought at least the floor would have been a lot higher than this. 11 his tight end really kind of didn't help him 1.7 points you look at their bench there wasn't really a, a lot of difference that that could have been done here so it was very close very close i'll say you know and this is hey my homeboys i mean 129.2 if i pity the fool puts that up next week you, you can beat that carson Wentz can still put up zero points it's fine <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'll win without him. It could happen. May or hope maybe. No, not hopefully. Maybe she maybe she got lucky with the their team not performing great, still got the win and might keep rolling like she has been the other two games. So. These undefeated teams need to feel the uh, pain of loss. Yeah, there's two right now, both girls, so girl power. Uh I pity the fool and girls rule fence for life. Undefeated. I hope you don't play me until like week eleven. <laughs> Speaking of, let's uh let's transition into that game. The uh, girls' rules, Vin for Life, and Cannon Hespanians. Now they're close on within. Yeah. Uh, this was one of the ones that was within ten points. The one that was very close to almost ten points could have been really could have been anybody's game here. I will also say, girls' rule, another one. She had almost a hundred points on her bench as well. That is crazy amount of points. She's got a lot of good people on her team. I don't know if you're listening to this podcast, Girls Rule, but Tyler Conklin needs to be in your starting lineup. <laughs> he 
is the number three tight end on, on the on the year right now. Wow. Um, Herbert. Just... I think Herbert was one of those ones that you can't anticipate, right? Because if Montgomery doesn't go down, he doesn't get those carries. There's no way she could have it ahead of time that that was going to happen. And on KNN Hasmanian side, um, he'll underperform. DJ Moore didn't really help her or her tight end, Hunter Henry. She had a few. Buffalo defense really didn't give her much, as well as her defensive player only gave her two points. So she had a kind of a lot of underperforming players in her starting lineup, unfortunately. The yeah, Tyreek getting is. five points is definitely out of character. I mean, she's got two wins early on so hopefully this isn't a trend that putting up less than 100 points but if it continues then she'll want to make some changes gotta check that waiver wire there you go yeah just four players on her bench that scored no points right into this move there. brian robinson to your ir spot i was about to say they they are hurt move move him to the ir some of those players, when they get back, they're going to be really good for you. But you have to consider how many losses you might take waiting on some people to get healthy. Sometimes it's not worth waiting. That wraps up our matchups for the week. Thanks for all your guys' input. Hopefully we provided you guys with some good feedback that you can maybe utilize to win your games this week. Uh, so every week I have a question for the co-hosts. And this one actually was brought up to me by Minshew Minions, and he said a topic that you could discuss was, when would you start a questionable player? For me, I would look at a couple different things. I'd look at what what does questionable mean? Does it mean that they're they're practicing? Does it mean that they're day-to-day? Does it mean they're game-time decision? Does, are they doubtful? Are they probable? Those words mean, mean things, so make sure you guys are looking at that. Um, if it does say doubtful, me personally, I'm not playing them. I'm just going to leave them because even if they do play, they're probably going to get limited touches. You know, what time do they play? You know, how, how deep is the team in that position? Do they need that person to play? But back to the future, what criteria for you to determine if you're going to play a questionable player? That's a great question. Thanks. I think it's part of it is a projected points. How much am I projected? How much are they projected? Because you can take an average of that. And then if you need a, a lot of points and it doesn't look like your team's going to be performing or one specific player is going to be performing like you want i would definitely roll with the questionable player i would mention that you need to be placing that player in your like when i do it i make sure to put it in the flex position because in case a game passes on the wrong date and then monday rolls around and you need that flex spot and you don't have it because you put them in their regular slot like a running back or wide receiver agreed not putting yourself in a corner yeah, exactly. So, you know, to make sure that you have that option, if needs be, you could even going back to the waiver wire again, let's say it's, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning, you've got one, one day left and you want those points bad, you know, just go pick up something off the waiver for immediate start on that Monday morning or that Monday afternoon. Southern Sassafras, how do you uh, determine if you're going to play a questionable player? I agree with what you said in regards to what's their status. Are they practicing? Are they doubtful? Is it a game time decision? And I'll also agree with what Taxi the Future said about the flex position spot. Um, this past week, James Cotter, and all of a sudden today, I got another alert that he's questionable again. So that was a game time decision. And he actually it was a 4 p.m. game. So m- majority of my team was one o'clock. So I really just had to make the decision prior to the game to decide if I wanted to play him or not. I think I had another person that I could have utilized, but I made sure to keep him in the flex position so that I, my other player, regardless if it was a wide receiver or another running back, have that ability to secure that slot and not have an empty position to be ready. How about you, Mortal Kombat? 
Right. I mean, you guys covered it. It is very much if it depends on what time that game is being played. If it's an early game, if they're playing at one, I'm probably not rolling a dice on a questionable person unless they have an extremely good outlook on whether or not they're actually going to play or not. If they have a history of maybe they just it's often that they get a little banged up and just don't practice, but the coaches trust them enough to just bring them straight into the game. Other than that, if if they're playing at one, I'm not starting. If they're playing later, then yeah, I'll I'll wait and see how the points go. It depends on how much I need them. If I need guaranteed, just get me some points type of thing, then I will probably try to fill that spot for my bench. If I need a boomer bust, like I absolutely have to have a ton of points or it's just not going to work out. Then I might play that person if there's just a chance that if they play, they have that potential versus my bench, which is just a couple, you know, a couple points. Agreed. One thing also is that a questionable player, that's going to happen more and more throughout the games go by. You know, players are just going to be fatigued. They may not play because they need that extra rest. And like you said, the coaches trust them enough to just throw them in without a lot of extra practice. And also, one thing that I would say, if you have somebody that's questionable and you can pick up their handcuff, which is their backup, that would be a good route to go. So then you know that if there's a game time decision and five minutes before the game, they say they can't play, you can at least start their backup. Yeah, that's a good tip. So that'll do it for the podcast. Um, remember, tomorrow night, depending on when you listen to this podcast, Thursday night football. And then Sunday is our very first international game of the season. It's the Vikings and the Saints in London. The game starts at 930. So set your roster Saturday night if you're pub people playing in that game. Um, but hey, we can have mimosas and donuts watch football. <laughs> it's not a bad deal. That's right. I'm okay with that. All right, everybody. Well, Dr. the Future, thanks for coming on and being a guest. It was awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was awesome. Coming. Be safe, everybody. Just take care, everybody. The hurricane will be here tomorrow. So we'll have a hurricane party for Thursday Night Football.